Real estate is easy, it just takes hard work. There is no secret to this. There is no reinventing the wheel. Everything that we need to do is in a book somewhere that we can read it. It's about going out there and doing what you've read in that book. And people don't like to do that. Everybody wanna get the bag. But y'all really know what it's gonna take. Trying to figure out how to start now. Blue chills, about to show you the way. Cause we're top finance and them up ties in it. Anything it takes to get real estate. We've been grinding all day, finding ways to get paid. Better hop on this wave, cause we're dropping blue gems. JB dropping blue gems. AG dropping blue gems. New podcast, baby, tune in. We in this thing dropping blue gems. Let's go. Yes. What's up, bro? What's up? What's up? My man Ray is here finally. The GOAT here in Orlando, just crushing it. Oh, man. Uh, such a pleasure having you on, bro. Appreciate I'm, it. I'm so Appreciate excited. It. Uh, one thing that I always want to like lead with or start leading with in this episode or these episodes is with gratitude man like we are so blessed to be in in a situation where we can do podcasts and we can invest in real estate and and really set our future up so absolutely i am grateful to be here man in both of your presence and uh yeah let's kick it off bro let's dive into your story and, and learn a little bit about you you can start off at the beginning or start off where you're at just tell us a little bit about you well uh well i, I born in 1977 so we'll make it long just kidding. <laughs> just kidding so uh no i actually i was born in puerto rico uh moved to new york city when i was six um and then from there actually grew up in very humble beginnings started in uh, far rockaway queens in the projects of new york city uh, rough, rough, rough uh, childhood, but wouldn't exchange it for anything in the world because it made me strong. Um, then from there, we moved to Florida when I was 18, 19, uh, went to uh, uh, Colonial High School. And then from there, went to Valencia for like half a semester. I wouldn't even call it that because when I went to the first class, I was, I was uh, majoring in business administration. And uh, it was funny because I talked to my business administration uh, instructor and in, uh, I said to him, I said, so how many businesses have you ran? He's like, none. I said, so, you know, how many businesses have you worked in? Like, did you become a CEO of a company or anything? And none. And I said, okay, so what are you supposed to teach me? And he goes, um, I'm teaching you theory. Like, this is how it's done. I was like, nah, but I want to learn from the people that are actually doing it. So true. So I definitely, so I, I decided to leave. I, I said school wasn't for me at the time. And then I ended up working different jobs. I worked for the Orlando Center, believe it or not, for 10 years. Um, I started in their customer service department and then from there went to uh, their logistics department. Um, so I got to see both sides. I got to see when the people complained about the, five, the 50 cent newspaper and then I got to see the guys they were complaining to. So at first I'm like defending the, uh, the customer because it's like, you know, hey, listen, so easy to deliver a damn newspaper, right? And then I go to that side. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's not easy. These guys work seven days a week, you know, and I'm managing these guys and they're working at night. If it rains, it didn't matter. They have to have their windows open. So I was like, I learned a lot from that. Um, I learned two things that helped me in my career today, which I'm a real estate broker. One, I learned the area because we delivered the newspaper all over Orlando and all the surrounding areas, all the way to Melbourne, down to uh, almost Tampa, like Lakeland area, and then all the way north to like Daytona. So because we delivered the newspaper in those areas, I had to manage those areas from time to time so I knew where they were. Um, the second thing I learned is, you know, 
being on the phones and not being scared to make calls. So that's how I built my career. So in about 2006, um, I decided to get out of the working for someone else and decided to try to go into it for myself. And it didn't happen right away because I actually joined real estate. Very grateful for this. Um, I was at church and my, uh, my, uh, one of the pastors that was a youth pastor there uh, was working for this top producing realtor amazing guy here in Orlando. And uh, he says, listen, I, I just got my dream job. So I'm, I'm a, I gave him my two week notice and he needs someone to fulfill my spot. And I think you'd be great for it. And I said, at the time, I was actually delivering pizzas. So, <laughs> so I'm like, sure, you know, if it pays more than delivering pizzas, I'll do it. So, um, and it didn't, it didn't pay more than delivering pizzas. But it was it was a start into seeing what real estate's all about. And I started to see crazy, crazy money. And I started to say, how are these people making this money? You know? And um, right after that, uh, we, I got my license, started doing really well. And um, it, was, it was a crazy time there, just like kind of like what it is now. Um, so one of the stories that I'll tell you that's kind of funny is I, um, when the builders were building like crazy, I would stand in line, great credit at the time, and I would just buy a couple slots because I had enough money to go ahead and buy two or three. And then I literally would sell those slots to other people. Like literally I would just um, say, listen, I've got one, three, and five. If you want, I can sell you this home. So I would upsell it to them for $10,000 and make 10000 on the deal. So that's how I learned about the wholesale side. Um, without even knowing what I was doing, I was just like, look, I, I got it good credit. I stood on the line for three hours and I got it done. So, so from there, um, that is a cool story. <laughs> yeah, it's like natural hustler right there. Yeah, I was it, was. it was funny because it was like, you know, I knew it wasn't going to last forever because nothing lasts forever. But some people don't. So at that point, I was like, OK, um, I uh, I remember sitting in the office. I was sitting with uh, with my broker at the time. His name was Andre and his dad, who's also part of the team at the time and his brother. And deals just started falling back in 2007 towards the end. I was like, oh, man, something's going on here. This is not good. And uh, we would, you know, we would go from closing 15 deals a month to literally three. And we couldn't survive on that. So we were like, what's going to go on? So we would stay at the office till like 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock, like rattling our heads. Like, what are we going to do? Um, and at this point, I'm like full fledged real estate agent. So there's no salary here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, I need to figure out what we're going to do. Um, Luckily, I didn't buy properties at the time, so I wasn't one of those people that suffered that high loss. But um, it was uh, it was a moment where I saw, okay, we need to figure something out. And then Andre was like, where are these houses going? So we started to do the research. And we started to look, and we started, and that is always going to be the best thing you can look for. So when we did the research, we found out that the banks didn't even own any of these homes. It was all investors. And who was the number one investor at the time? Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. So we decided, we found out that they had two locations that we could pretty much try to get our foot in the door. <laughs> one, was in, uh, one was in Dallas, Texas, and the other one was in Fort Lauderdale. So I went to Fort Lauderdale, Andre goes to Dallas, Texas, and we say, uh, listen, whatever they ask you in the interview, just say yes. So I'm like, all right, now mind you, we have no money, right? So I go to Fort Lauderdale and they're like, uh, do you have 50,000 to do a charity bond? I'm like. I don't know what that is in my head. 
Um, but yeah, we got it. You have this <laughs> and that. I'm like, no, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah, we're ready. We're liquid. We're liquid. We got this. And then um, it was so funny because like I come back and I said, Andre, listen, we need $50,000. He says, I know we need another 50 because they asked for 52. So what we did, it was really crazy. Um, Fannie Mae, if they ever watch this show, they'd be like, oh my God. But we got it done. So we put 50 in my account so we can send them proof of funds. And then we put 50, the same 50 in his account so we could show proof of funds. And we got the accounts. And he got Fannie Mae. I got Freddie Mac. And we just started killing it. We went to we went from closing three transactions to closing 250 for that what? year. From one year to the next. And we got all those REOs. And I'll never forget, like, um, one Thanksgiving, we literally worked 24 hours because they sent us 13 properties for 10 days straight. Every day, 13 new properties. Everywhere. Windermere, uh, uh, um, Reunion, uh, East Orlando, West Orlando. And once again, nothing lasts forever, right? So about three years in, I want to say it's probably like 2010, 2011, um, we noticed that the market started to shift. They kept telling us just to keep us on board, a wave's coming, a wave's coming. And there was never a wave. So we were like, okay, we need to shift. Like I was already ready to shift. So at that point, I became a listing agent with the company and I started just listing properties. We got on radio, we started to do radio. And um, from there, we would just get the calls and I would go on the listing appointments. I went on about 150 listing appointments that year and we closed about 63 of them. And it was hard because the the things that he was wanting us to do was very demanding. So it was really, we, we, gave, each, we gave ourselves obstacles that we shouldn't have gave ourselves. If not, we would have probably got the whole 150 uh, deals. From there, I decided I wanted to do something else. I wanted to do something within the real estate space but i wanted to grow myself because i noticed that you know i had been with him at this point for four years and you know i if i stayed another four years i knew i would continue to be the same guy his listing his listing specialist so and i wanted to grow so i i ran into this small company called la rosa and at that point i mean it was small but it was big uh and what i mean by that is so i go to interview with joe la rosa who's the owner of the company and when i go to interview with him I pull up to the building, it's this humongous three-story building in celebration. You could see it off of I-4 and it says La Rosa Properties on it. I'm like, oh man, these guys are big. I get to his office and he interviews all agents at this time. And I get interviewed by him and I literally got interviewed by him three times in order before I made the, the, the you know, made the decision to switch because Andre was a friend, you know, so at that point it was like, it was kind of like leaving a friend to, to go do this, yeah. which is hard. It's yeah, really it's hard. And, um, but yeah, so I made the decision in 2012 to in 2000, end of 2011 to to leave the company I was with to come to La Rosa. At that point, I was agent number 258, and um, wasn't as big as I thought. But um, you know, it was funny because the whole time there was deflection, you know, and you have to be careful. You got to like guard your dream because one of the deflections was well, 100%, which is what La Rosa is. 100% of nothing is nothing is one of the deflection uh, comments that I got from my broker. Uh, the second deflection was, oh, look, they just closed down their Hunters Creek location. That means they're going out of business. And then um, and you have to be you have to be open to listen to both sides of the story, because when that happened, I called Joe right away. I said, Joe, you guys closed down Hunters Creek. Hunters Creek was about this big. It was about 800 square feet. He's like, yeah, we, we did. Absolutely. And I was like, why? He goes, because we just got a 2,400 square foot location. We're, we're growing by leaps and bounds. We 
we needed a bigger office. That office is only 800 square feet. So I was like, okay, Makes different sense. perspective, right? Yeah. <laughs> so at that point, we ended up, um, I ended up joining the company and I joined with two team members and we formed what we call the executive group, which is still alive to this day. Um, my two team members sadly are no longer with me, but not, um, not for bad reasons. Actually, we, we're still really good friends. Um, I, Alex was at the party that you yep, yep. came to. So um, she was there with her, with her hubby and, and you know, they didn't bring the babies, but she wanted to start a family and she just wasn't going to be working the amount of time that she was working. So um, that being said, she, she asked me if she can, you know, dissolve from the partnership. And I said, sure, you know, if that's what you want. And she did. And, you know, I'm super happy for her. She, we made a lot of money together. So she was able to get a couple of investment properties and she really doesn't need to work. And she's only in her 20s. So that's, that's awesome. an amazing story. So, <laughs> Love that. and then Darrell, uh, which was my other partner, I call him the muscle because he was about six foot four, uh, big, big build. And he, uh, he, he was the guy that we sent in. If you didn't want to sign the listing agreement, we were like, you sure you don't want to sign it? Because Darrell's here. It's coming. Yeah. He's like, no, no, we'll sign it. We'll sign it. So, so yeah. So then after that, they left me all by myself to, to grow this company. Um, at, the, at that time, we were at about 60 to 70 agents. And we, we, um, we grew it. Right now, we are about 105. Um, and we continue to grow and we continue to shrink. Because uh, one of the things that I focus on is I, I, I want high standards in my office, so I like top producers. And I like creating top producers. So if you come to my office, for the most part, you know, we're, we're gonna train you the right way and we're gonna make you do the right things and the wrong things we just won't tolerate. So you wouldn't work for me. So I probably fire more people than I hire every year, so. Wow, love you know. that. Yeah, man, that was a. That was a long that, intro. It's yeah. <laughs> a lot to impact, man, or unpack. That, uh, that, that was a crazy story. Like, Where do you wanna start? Kudos to some of those ninja moves man like uh going down to fort lauderdale and dallas listen uh, that that's crazy that that takes a right. different type of mindset talking yeah. about pivoting yeah i mean like, you like, you upped and left like i'm out going yeah. straight to the root well the, the thing source. is it was and i can't take all the credit we literally sat in that room for hours just bumping our heads against the wall like what are we gonna do like we're losing deals left and right you know and this is my livelihood i i had i had just had my my baby girl so I was like, shoot, and then we got to do something because I'm not going back to deliver pizzas. <laughs> so that's 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 how that went down, and yeah, it was it that's was awesome, just that man. moment, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I want to pivot just a little bit. So you're an investor as well, correct? Are you fixing and flipping? You said something about wholesaling. Uh, are you holding properties as well? Talk a little bit about what your portfolio looks like and, and what your operations in terms of investment goes. Um, so yes, we, we fix and flip whatever opportunities we get. Um, uh, we still um, do as many as we can per year, but obviously with the game being what it is, you guys know that right now getting deals, these deals so, are harder yeah. than ever, <laughs> you know? And, um, and I was actually, I was actually at an investor seminar the other day where people are still getting deals. People are getting very creative, but they're still getting great deals. Um, um, just recently. So we also behind the scenes have been building for five years. So we went into that sector because we felt like it, there was a need for bringing starter homes back to market and no one's doing that. So, you know, if you if you you guys know the real estate game. So on average, if you you know, if you were to buy a home in Orlando right now, you know, three bedroom, two bath, 
1,800 square feet. What, what do you think the price would be around? Startup price. Three, Brand new. 320? Yeah, 350. It's 380, which was is it crazy. In, what was it in 2019? In I 2019, under it was like under, under three. It was right. like 289. Do you think that growth is appropriate and sustainable? What is your thoughts around how the market's been going? That's a great question. Um, Is it sustainable nationwide? Absolutely not. I don't think so. I think in Florida, yes, still, because of some of the things and some of the policies that we have here that people are gravitating to. A lot of people that are moving here are gravitating to Florida, not just because of our current policies, but our policies in the sense of, you know, we're definitely, definitely entrepreneur friendly. Mm-hmm, you know, right. we are definitely uh, tax friendly. You know, um, uh, you know, and any business that comes here automatically gets a tax benefit because of, uh, you know, we, we don't have a federal income tax here. So, so that's an amazing thing. Um, and then obviously we have a governor that's been doing, I mean, not to talk politics, but he's been doing a great job with recruiting businesses to come here. Um, the transfer wealth from other cities to Florida has been tremendous. And that is why I think it'll continue here, but I don't think it'll continue nationwide. I mean, and if you look at, if you look at every single state, if you look at their real estate uh, sector, is super strong. No matter what city you you bring up, their their real estate sector is strong, but is only strong for different reasons. Like for example, if I use New York as a as an example, they're strong because their market's crashing, which they won't talk about on the news. But if you go look, like right now. If you wanted to buy a penthouse in New York that was a $20 million penthouse, you're getting it for six right now. So that's why New York real estate is booming because you're buying at a discount compared to what it normally costs. Wow. Where vice versa in Florida, you're actually paying more for the property. Premium. Yeah, you're paying premium prices. So walk us through today's market versus 06, 07, because that's when things started to kind of turn. So where do you see the comparisons? Where do you see things different? Because you've been um, in the game for so long. Yeah. Uh, the, the comparison that I would say is we're growing too fast. That's a comparison um, in regards to the increased values month over month. Where I say the game is different is um, 2006 was more of an anomaly because of they. So I don't know if you guys, you guys ever see the movie um, Too Big to Fail? Yes. Okay. Great movie. So in Too Big to Fail, one of the things that they, that they realized and one of the things that they explained, which I was... You know, I was prevalent to that because I was in the game, so I knew what was going on. Is they were talking about how they ran out of great credit people, meaning if we don't have buyers that have good credit, then we have to sell to. So they started to lower the standard of the buyer that we would have. Well, that created a problem because people that have low credit tendencies are they're not going to pay either late payments, no payments, and that's going to cause the problem. So when all these mortgages started to default people losing jobs you know buying uh and then that's another product too we had a product which we called the ninja loans that's what i we called it back then um which was a no docs which you know it's kind of revamping itself it's coming up again yeah i've been seeing them but not yeah but not as not as bad as it was before um because you do have to have some sort of proof now um but back then it was like hey i make you know, $10,000 a month and I, I could afford this house, but I want a uh, interest only loan and they would get an interest only loan and they get what's called sticker shock. So, so they'll do interest only for two years. Their goal was to sell that home prior to it actually maturing and going to six, 7%, which was the rate at the time. 
Well, when it went up like that, you're going, you went from paying $1,000 to $6,000. You can afford that. Wow. We got pizza delivery drivers that were buying $400,000 homes at the time. You wow. know, and they couldn't afford that. And I knew because I was a pizza delivery driver. <laughs> right. And so I will tell you this, though. I will never put, I've never, and I will never put someone in that situation. But there was a lot of agents that, for the commission, they did. And they put a lot of people in a bad situation. So to compare the two, the only comparison is obviously just the price increase. But it is, it, it, I think we can sustain it for about three to four more years. Um, there was an article that recently was published um, where they talked about the inventory of homes versus the need, right? There is more um, uh, millennials buying homes now than ever. So, and it's a bigger population than our baby boomer generation, which means that we need to build more homes. So on average to be sustainable, we had to build about 2 million homes a year in the nation. We're only building at about 900 to a million. So when you look at it from the standpoint of we're missing out on about a million homes nationwide, we're losing, we're losing. Um, we're, that, that inventory is now, or lack of inventory is now gaining traction onto the inventory that we still need to provide. So that's literally why we have the boom that we have because we don't have enough homes and we can't build them fast enough. No supply. No supply. And demand, and you know, you know the rule of supply and demand. Right. No supply, Simple. demand's up. Yeah, yeah. prices are gonna shoot yeah. up, so. Yeah, that, that's kind of perfect for you guys to be in new builds and construction now. Yeah. Development. Yeah, that, that's a good pivot for you guys again on top of it. So you've been doing it for five years? Yes. Yeah, so so about five years ago, we, we, were, we were still flipping and we still do it actively, whatever we can find now. Um, more before, it was, it was our main focus. And we started to see even five years ago it was getting harder because a lot of people were coming into the game. And, and it, would, it would just, the disruption was just that bad. So we started buying lots five years ago with investors and we started building for them. And we were making them, um, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50% on their money. Um, and we built, and, and we lost some money too. We lost some money um, hiring the wrong people. Um, we had a, a GC that stole from us about $400,000. So that was, oh my God, that was a shirt off my back right there. So, um, so yeah, so we had that situation occur. Um, but we, we still were able to make money off that project. I mean, we were supposed to make a million dollars. We did not, which was a problem um because i obviously we had investors to answer to so um but one of the things i found out about that is um if you're honest and you do things right the investors will stay with you so in that situation i so i called my investor i told him what was going on you know we had to figure out what we were going to do to pivot and we did uh but i'll never forget that conversation i said to him i said so this is the last project we're doing together i i totally understand if that's the way you feel and he said what are you talking about what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I, you, you, this is the last thing we're doing. He's like, no, go out, go buy more land. Let's build more houses. You need to make me back those 400,000. <laughs> I said, all right, that That's makes awesome. sense. So, and he's been with us to this day. Matter of fact, one of the closings that we have tomorrow is one of his. Wow. So, so he's been investing with us. But last year we decided to make a pivot. Uh, we, we were seeing the amount of money we were making for the investors. And we had a clause that we put into their contracts when we started to work with them because they were giving us a lot of money, five, $10 million worth of, uh, worth of income, you know, liquid, liquid income for us to, to, to go ahead and do what we were doing for them. And uh, at that point, I just said, uh, I talked to my brother. We sat down with the team and we said, dude, we should be making this money. So we went back to the investors and we restructured the contract. 
And we said, this is how we're going to do it in 2022. If you're okay with it, great. If you're not, we can move on. One of them did leave, you know, for like a month. <laughs> he, got, he got robbed right away, called us back, said, all right, I, I, I'll fulfill. I'm good with your contract. I'll, I'll go ahead and sign. Um, the other ones just stayed, and we've been able to build. So right now we have about 17 projects. That's so awesome, bro. Yeah, the goal is to do the goal is to do 33, but I mean, with everything, the way things are going and how fast we're moving, uh, I think we'll probably do 50 this year. So that's 50 families will help this year. That's beautiful, man. That's awesome, bro. Props, props. Thanks. Um, let's see what what else uh, you want to touch base on. So, what was that pivot that you had with your investors? So you said you changed your strategy from 21 to 22. What was the biggest highlight in that change? We, we started to notice like when you work with investors and you, and you know, they're all about, you know, what have you done for me lately? And they're really, you know, you know how we're grateful for what we do and we're grateful for, they have no gratefulness. Like they are not grateful. They just expect you to do that. And it kind of brought me back to when I worked for the banks, when I was doing the REOs and they were the same thing. We were robotic to them. And that's what turned me off from the REO game. Um, it still turns me off to this day. I have agents on my team that are like, look, if we crash, do you want to get REOs again? Because I, I still have all my connections through REO. And I'm like, no, I'm really not. I, I, rather, I rather go and if anybody's looking to get into real estate, this is probably the best part to do in a sector that nobody's touching. Go find everybody that's in pre-foreclosure and get them before the bank does. Help them before the bank does, before the bank takes everything away. 90% of them are going to have equity. The other 10 is not. And those are the ones that we would short sell. But other than that, there's ways that we can help these people still make a great profit and still help them. So that's one of the sectors that I tell everybody in my office you need to be pushing on. Look at, find out who's having problems and call them, see how you can help them. Um, because I didn't want that robotic feel um, and I started to feel it with the investors. I, that's why I pivoted. I told them no. I'm like, you know, you're making all the money but yet you're giving us all the grief. You know, and they would make decisions too that, you know, would cause problems. And at that point, we changed it completely. So no longer are they allowed to make decisions. It's you give us the money, you know, silent investor. We have a contract. We'll make sure you get your money at the end of the year. And we're good to go. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's how we structure our partnerships as well. It's like you have multiple decision makers. That, that's nothing gets done. Chance to, to butt heads and too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And when we once we noticed that, you know, we we decided, uh, you know, my brother and the team got together. So we have about 102 team members at my office and we have about eight leaders that run the office. So I have myself and then, eight, you know, seven other individuals that help me run the office on a day to day. And those people lead their own mini teams to make sure that, you know, everything's working. But when we come together, there's only one decision maker, you know, and, you know, the whole team is either you're good with it or if you're going to give me a rebuttal, it better be good. But we don't allow we don't allow problems in the office. So if you have a problem, bring me the solution or right, don't bring me the problem. That's that's one of the goals that I have with the team. So if somebody has an issue. Bring me the issue, but bring me what, what you're going to do to resolve that issue. If not, don't even bring it to me. There's no sense for us to have that conversation. Love that. So do you sit above your team members, or how does your organization look from that standpoint? You said you have seven leaders, and then you, and then you have all the agents underneath the leaders? Yeah, so it, yes. So I, I'm, I'm the broker owner, and I obviously oversee everything because it's my butt on the line. So I make sure that I, like, I know every deal that's going on in my office. We do about 70 transactions a month. 
and I look at every single transaction that I can. And if I haven't looked at it, I probably have eyes on it some way, some shape, shape or form. If it has an issue, I'm, I'm already contacted. Like I already know. And, I, and I'll try to resolve the issue the best that I can. Um, because once again, if an agent makes a mistake, they can't get sued. They have to sue the broker first. And then that's how they get to the agent. So yeah, I, I, I sit above and, and you know, nah, but I, I can't say that I'm nothing without my team. So unfortunately, you know, it's one has, to, we, one can't exist without the other. So walk me through what you look for in an agent, right? You said you talked about, you want top producers, you have all these agents. How are you going through your hiring process? How, are, how did you build this brokerage? So, um, funny. So, so when we, when we started, like I said, we didn't want zombies in the office. Um, and, and we wanted to make sure that we created agents that were knowledgeable and wanted to actually become producers. So one of the first things I ask is, uh, are you, are you planning on being part-time or full-time? Right. And if they say, uh, part-time, I say, okay, what do we need to do to get you to full-time? And then I give them a game plan and, and I give them a, a time, a time frame for them to hit their goal. And if they hit their goal, they can stay. And if they don't, then they, you know, I, I don't tell them they have to leave La Rosa cause La Rosa is a great company, but they would just couldn't work for my office cause my standards are really high. So if, for example, on, in December, the whole month of December, I have exit interviews with all my agents and I sit down with them and we have a serious conversation. Like, what, what do you want to do? Because the whole month of December, while I'm still having my exit interviews at the same time on the weekends, we're having our vision board meetings, which means, and we do vision board a little bit different. Um, we focus on what you need to do before the goal. And mm -hmm. then we create the goal based on that. So, and what I mean by that is, so like, for example, um, if I asked you, you know, if I said, you know, um, JB, how much do you want to make this year? And you said to me a number, right? I would prove to you that your number's wrong. <laughs> I would prove to you that your number's wrong because your number is based on a calculation you did in your head. The way we do our numbers is we go the opposite. We put it on paper first. What are your expenses? You know, what is it that you want to accomplish this year? What is it that you want to accomplish in the next three years? How much money do you need this year to make those things happen? If, I, if you say, for example, I want to buy a car. Okay, great. Are you planning on buying a cash or are you going to be putting money down? And what do you want your payment to be? I want my payment to be this. Okay, well, based on that, what kind of car do you want? I want this car. Okay, based on that number, this is what the car costs. If you put this down, this is what your monthly payment will be. So this is how much you need to have before you can buy that car. And now we created the goal. And every time I could promise you, every single agent will give me a number, it won't match the number that they actually have to do because they don't realize. And then now when they see what they have to do, now it's no longer about a fake vision. It's actually a real vision because they know exactly what they want. So when they create their vision boards and they're looking at it every day, they're looking at something real. They're like, yep, that's the car I want. Yeah. And that's the beauty of having the internet as opposed to having a, uh, you know, back in the day when we used to cut them out of magazines, we yeah. just pick whatever cars in the magazine. So, right. It's real time now. Yeah. So when we do the, our interviews, that's one of the things I look at. I'm like, what do you want to do? Because anybody can be taught to do the business, but it's going to be, I, I tell everybody, and this is my saying, my quote, I say, real estate is easy. It just takes hard work. There is no secret to this. There is no reinventing the wheel. Everything that we need to do is in a book somewhere that we can read it. It's about going out there and doing what you've read in that book. And people don't like to do that. And those people just can't work out of La Rosa Realty Orlando. That's just the way it is. I'm gonna shift again a little bit. So um, 
in your business right now, we talked about new development, talking about fix and flips, whole, wholesale. Um, what are you most excited about? Like this year, maybe in the next five years, what are you most excited about in your business? So one of the biggest things that I enjoy about real estate is, and I always go back to what got me into real estate. What really got me into real estate is I got to, when my mom, my mom bought her house when I was 18 years old. That was the first house she's ever owned. Nice. And the smile on her face at closing was what, like, it's engraved in my brain. And wow. when I had my first closing, I saw that with the client. So one of the things that we decided to do, so when we talked about, and I'll go ahead and go back to new builds, so to give you an example of what's different. So obviously, you know, right now, if you go to a builder in the Orlando area, you're going to be looking at 380 to start on a townhome all the way to, you know, 400,000 on a regular small house and then up from there, right? So we decided, you know, I, I don't know if you guys ever read the book, Blue Ocean Strategy. Mm -hmm. Ooh, great book. So um, it talks about going into a space where no one is, no else is looking at. So what we decided to do is we, and, and this is going into my plan for the next five years, we decided to go into the space of we're going to build an introductory home to everyone. So the home that, that, you know, regular person that works at Domino's can buy, you know, you know, our blue collar families, you know, so our home starter price starts at 280 in the Orlando area. And you're getting a three bedroom, two bath, completely loaded with everything. We put full granite countertops in every room, no formica, like most of these builders on a $400,000 home. I just sold, I'll give you an example. So we had a closing on Friday for a home that I sold for 487000 dollars it was a four bedroom three bath right four bedroom three bath and every other bathroom except the master had four mica wow so just to show like i mean 2800 square feet so it's pretty big house three car garage but four mica we're putting granite in all the rooms nine foot ceilings we're giving the luxury feel for the for that client that can't afford it but when you walk into your house you're proud that you bought this home you know so that's what we're planning on doing. We're planning on not just building the 33 or the 50 that we want to do this year, but to actually build subdivisions and to continue with my mom's legacy because my mom passed away about two years ago of cancer. Sorry um, to hear that, man. Thanks, man. And, my, and my, me and my brother, she was my rock, so me and my brother decided to continue her legacy by creating a foundation. And um, every year we want to give away a house. So if we get to our 33, House 33 is actually going to be given to a single mom. So, and the way we're going to do it is going to, we're going to do it responsibly because you don't give something for free. So the way we're going to do it is it will be in a trust for the amount of time till her oldest son turns 18 in the house. And then we would turn over the deed over to that person. So the reason we want to do that is my mom was a single mom for a while and she was she was a warrior she took care of us worked two jobs and you know and um it was hard it was hard for a, a single mom to do that and then my stepdad came in when i was about eight years old and then they raised us together and you know he's comes from an army background and i call him pops because he's my dad because he raised me and um i call my dad the same yeah he, <laughs> he's in the military too <laughs> yeah he's he's a monster you know these guys don't cry they're, they're like made of stone um and uh so when I was uh, one of my favorite football players did it, uh, Warwick Dunn, he started to give out houses to, 
you know, single moms. And I was like, you know what, let's keep that foundation going, but let's do it through my mom's name. So mom's name is Iris Vargas. So it'll be the Iris Vargas Foundation. And we're going to give a home every year. And the more we build, the more homes we're going to give away. So I think God is going to bless us in that way so we can bless others in that way. And it'll be completely free. Like, you know, it'll be responsible because obviously we don't want them to get the home today and sell it tomorrow. But at least that mom can go live there, have one job, if, if, if any, needed just to cover the taxes and insurance and, you know, obviously the regular house bills. But the houses be, will be completely given to them for free. So. I would say that's pretty damn exciting, man. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't expect it, your answer to be like that, but that that's cool. Yeah, that, that that's really the end goal. You know, we always, you always want to give back, you know. Keep in mind, like I said, I came from humble beginnings, so to be able to get to where I'm at now, I mean it's a it's it's a humbling experience and it's a it's just a major blessing and I'm super grateful. And, you know, you have to give back. You know, one of the things that my one of my mentors, which is also my broker, Joe LaRosa, he says the secret to living is giving. So so it's something that we have company wide. So I believe love that. that. Yeah, I believe it. So um, you have any kids? Yes, three. Three. Okay. Three. I have an eighteen-year-old. Believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's getting ready to go to college. He's going to be going to Vero Beach University. Uh, his he's got family out there, and he's going to be joining us in the real estate game. Actually, his grandmother and his uncle actually have a brokerage, small brokerage, uh, mom and pop boutique down there, and he's going to get his real estate license and work with them down there while he's going to college. Very cool. Yeah, he's going to be awesome. a computer engineer. So awesome, that's what he's going to major in. Very cool. Um, what about your your wife? So I, I, I had the pleasure of meeting your wife at the, at the Christmas party. Um, yes. Is she involved in real estate as well? She actually has her real estate license. Okay. She does not like real estate. <laughs> no? Okay. I, I always ask because, you know, that's one, one thing. My wife and I are both full-time real estate. Yeah. And a lot of my friends were like, how did you get your wife involved? And, and like... How is that relationship? Yeah, let's, right? let's go ahead and interview you on that. Right. How did you get her involved? <laughs> yeah, man, it was it was definitely a process. She wasn't um, she wasn't interested to begin with, but I think I just constantly had bigger pockets on and was constantly reading books, and she eventually got the bug, and and she could see where the future could be for yeah. us, right? The and potential, yeah. 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 So she ended up getting her license, and I think just going through the whole process of getting her license, she got involved with the jargon and the terminology enough. It started to excite her and um by by nature i think she loves to design and host people so yeah. short-term rentals is our specialty so yes. she gets to design the space and be a designer right and then yep. she also gets to host individuals that are visiting the orlando area that's so, awesome uh she she loves it now for sure but yeah. but that's i didn't do anything it was just kind of her listening in the background and then uh eventually just got yeah yeah and we we really do enjoy building something for us you know yeah yeah so it, it doesn't feel like work when we wake up even no absolutely just yes. like you you're like yo i've been up to, since 4 30 i have to yeah. go to bed it's like 10 p.m and you're just exhausted at the end yeah. of the day but when you're doing it for yourself it, it, is, may, it feels a lot it's lighter. just more fun that way it really know? is yeah it's so. more fun that way like with uh my wife so she got her license and um her first time to experience was i actually took her to a builder and i'm negotiating this deal we got there at four i didn't leave till like 9 30. Like, I literally was like, nope, you messed up. Contract's not right. Put this back on the contract. Put this back on. So eventually, I got everything put on the contract. And uh, she's like, oh, my God. At that point, my wife looked at me different. I mean, we've been married at this point for, I want to say she got her license back. It was about five years ago. So we would have been married 10 years. Wow. And she's never been around me doing a deal. And to see me negotiate like that, she's like, 
got attracted to this new guy that she just met like it's like whoa my husband does that wow and um and then what happened was uh then she got her deal and her first deal was pretty easy it was a cash deal you know how those are so she's like oh my god this is awesome and then she got one deal that it was a, a lending deal and it fell through literally two days before closing Ooh. and she, it devastated her yeah. so she's like it's so unexpected like she like some people she's one of those that counts the money before it's there so she's like i can buy this and i can do this and i'm like babe that's not the way it works till the check is in hand yeah exactly and then she uh so she got really really turned off by that and then decided i said and, and said i'm gonna go back to school so she still works in the real estate realm but doing what she loves like your wife loves design well she's a graphic designer and she loves photography so she put the two together and she became our professional photographer for the company. So she is our professional photographer. That's cool. She wow. does staging. She does virtual staging. She does photography. She does aerial drones. She does 3D. She does it all. So, and she loves it. And that's the part that she loves. And she's also our compliance director for the company. So she knows contracts real well. So she makes sure that our contracts are intact. Who better than your wife to check, make sure that you're okay? You know? right. <laughs> Absolutely. For sure. She's yeah. got your back, you know? Definitely, yeah. My, my wife is back. certainly the backbone of the business. So yeah. I would be That's lost. Awesome. I would be lost without her. Yeah, sure. they're very organized. You 100%. Know, when, when, it, when you have your wife on your team, you know, she's like, did you do this? Did you take care of this? Are you handling this? This and, oh, like, <laughs> all right, babe. Check. All right, babe. <laughs> right. Yeah, she keeps me in check 100%. Love that. You know, and she calls me like three, four times a day. Hey, did you go to this meeting? Hey, she even, you know, when I told her, I was like, look, I'm going to be doing the podcast, right? <laughs> and she goes, all right, make sure. And then so like 3.30, she's like, hey, don't get there late. I'm like, all right. All, <laughs> all right, right, I'll be there. Yeah, That's so, so awesome. Love so, that. Yeah. She, she has, um, everybody at, the comp at my office has access to my schedule. So if they never need to plug themselves into the schedule, they can. So, and it all starts with my office manager, obviously, you know, so having a good office manager helps, so. Um, one thing I wanted to touch base on earlier, you, you, you mentioned like you rattled off like maybe two or three books. It seems like you were a bigger, big book reader, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I love to read. Uh, and, 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 and when I say that, um, keep in mind, I'm very, I'm, I'm dyslexic, so it's really hard for me to read a book. So for some people that may not understand what happens is when I'm reading, I flip the words, I flip the letters within the word. So it takes me longer to read a book. So what I did was um, I started to Audible and buy the book at the same time. And then I would read with Audible and it actually oh, wow. helped me with that. So, yes, I love to read um, and I love to read books about business, about like. So uh, one of my biggest uh, people that I follow that I think is going to be doing tremendous things in this world is a gentleman by the name of Patrick Bed David. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. Love him, yeah. Ballytainment. Ballytainment, yeah. Love that. Love that. <laughs> so I actually went One to the my vault. favorite podcaster, yeah. Yeah, I went to the vault. You know, he does yep, the vault yep, every year. Okay, I know who this is. He, yeah, yeah. He's, he's going to be in, uh, he's coming to Florida. Yeah, soon. he lives in Florida. He lives in Florida oh, okay. already, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he lives in Fort Lauderdale. He, he's, he's big in the content game now. Okay, he's speaking some, some event coming up. Yeah, I have it. I just remember You ready to go? I'm going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going. Yep. Okay. The so did you get PH, your tickets? PHP. Yeah, there you go. Who are you going with? Who, uh, who, my wife. Who told you? Um, I don't know. Is, uh, Jonathan Mason? No. I, a random person on Facebook. For real? Yeah, yeah. I just... Okay. 
I checked PM. Checked PM. And I was then, there. Uh, yeah, he, he helped me out and hooked me up with some tickets. And uh, yeah, but. Well, I'm going to be there. So okay. we're going to be together. Boom. There you go. Awesome. You go. Awesome. Small world. It's Did crazy. you read your next five moves? What do you think? Of course. Love the book. Yeah. <laughs> Love the book. Love it too. Did you read it? Yeah. Tell me. I mean, it was just amazing. I mean, he. He's actionable. Like, that's what I like about him. Yes. He's like, hey, do this, do this, do this. I don't like theory based content and no, people that is. are like, you know. And over I, high level content, but he's very direct. And I yeah, love that. and and that's the thing about him. Like you know, it, it, no matter what he says or who he interviews, he knows how to interview correctly. So at the end of the day, like you're getting the content that you wanted to get from that interview. Right. He's great at that, and not only that, like he, like you said, he's actionable. Everything he does, and and he talks about that. He says, "Listen, what are you known for? You know, what are you known for? You know, and make sure that if it's a bad stigma, change it." And that's what he and what he's known for is if he tells you he's gonna do something, he's gonna do it. Like, um, have you seen the podcast right recently? Like today or no, just like recent podcast, yeah, 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 like with yeah, the yeah. new set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Funny story. When I went to the vault, I was told by one of his team members that they were gonna buy a building that may have a vault in it, and they're gonna be doing the the the, the podcast inside that vault. <laughs> wow. And as you well know, here we are. Here we are. They have a freaking vault. They bought an old Chase building, and they're doing their podcast in that Chase building inside the vault. The actual studio clean, yeah. is they, set they up. They in the one up us for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Hey, listen, it all starts. You with gotta the dream. start somewhere. Yeah. Have you seen? Have you seen his early work? So I'm not actually too familiar with how he started. I yeah. know it was in the insurance game, but I don't yeah. know like how he scaled everything and how he grew to the moon. So. The, the biggest, so I've been following him for a really long time. When I first started following him, he was probably worth like five million bucks, which is still pretty, pretty awesome, right? He's worth about 150 mil now. So, and he did that in a short time. So, um, so the way he started is he was doing content videos for his company. And it wasn't on YouTube. It was something private for his company. And one of his team members was like, hey, we need to, we need to like, release this content this is really good content we need to release it out to the world the world needs to hear what you're saying and um and the funny thing is like i said it's 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 just starting because the videos look horrible the first few videos like he's you know the old library like he's this young guy with a library like it looks like he's in the old man's house and and that's how it starts but look at where he is now i mean and we started the same way. Like we, we're not perfect. Our, our, we have a podcast as well, um, and we talk about real estate. And um, we we started off where it was just me and Neville, one of my team members, just having a conversation, and it turned into um, us creating a sad small set that we have at the office. And from there, it just you know we now we do a live every Wednesday. So it's you so, and Neville. Yeah. Okay. It's called the Ray and F Show. Nice. There so, you go. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. We'll have to check that out for sure. Next Wednesday. Yeah, next, next Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, I, I would love to have you guys both on. Yeah, yeah. we I could do. That. We could do like a, like a drink. Have you have you guys seen the drink drink uh, champs where they have the rapper on? Oh, it's hilarious! It's with uh, Nori. He's one of the rappers. Okay. We could have like a drink a drink champ episode without the drinks. You know, what there I'm we saying? go. We'll have water. So hey, I'll take the drinks too. <laughs> we have a lot of that at the office. We're real estate agents. So, <laughs> so my last question: What is your advice to someone wanting to start off? a successful career in real estate uh biggest advice is make sure you're ready to take action meaning 
uh, you know, one of the things that we had, uh, we had, we had someone we interviewed recently that said something that has really stuck with me and it's called, uh, it's a book called eat the frog where it talks about do the worst thing that you have to do first. So you get it out of the way. And, um, it stuck with me about, you know, make sure you do that on a daily basis. So one of the biggest concerns that people have, or one of the biggest fears that people have is prospecting. You're going to have to do prospecting. You know, unfortunately, that's just part of the game. And if you're not ready for that, you know, it, it is a very lucrative career that you can have in this business, um, depending on which angle and what space within real estate you go to. But you have to make sure that you understand that you're out there prospecting. You, every day you're looking for new contacts. Every day you're looking for friends that, to make. Um, and if you treat it like a relationship business, you will be successful. If you don't, if you if you think it's it's a deal, you know, and I hate to to use this term because it's a bad term, but if you think it's a wham bam thank you man first you know one night stand type situation, you are never going to be successful because it's the clientele and the customers that bring you the referrals that continue your business growing. Your pipeline needs to be filled at all times. If you have a ton of deals going on, if one falls, it doesn't bother you, nor does it hurt you, and it lets you focus on making sure that that one that fell, you can recover it some way, somehow. Like helping that customer a different way or getting them into a different program or a different type of loan to make sure that the deal gets done. But you're not focused on like, oh my God, this guy didn't close and I can't pay my bills, you know? Right, so, for sure. And start small. Definitely start small and have a mindset. Like I have, we have an agent right now that is going through it. You know, uh, he had amazing success at the beginning, had a ton of closings and decided to splurge like he was in Vegas and, you know, hurt himself. He hurt himself and his mindset's not there. So he's getting weak. Like he, he's not, he's not prospecting like he should. He's not doing the things because he's too worried about where is he going to get the next paycheck to pay his bills. So... Mm-hmm. You know, and I tell them all the time and, and, you know, I'll sit down and have one-on-ones with them and say, hey, listen, you, you just got to step up your game and folk, d- come to work like you've got a million dollars in your bank account. Because if you have the mindset that you have a million dollars in your bank account, you're going to work, you're gonna, your work's just going to flow. Even if you don't have it, just tell yourself you do. But if you come in here talking about you're broke, you're broke, you're broke, guess what? You're going to be broke. Too much negative energy. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. So that's one of the biggest advice that I can give to anyone that's trying to get in the game. And just remember, you're only one deal away from changing the game. One deal away from changing the game. One deal away. 100%. You know, it's just like I tell people, uh, I had uh, an agent that was getting ready to quit. She was getting ready to quit. And she had a closing coming up. And I said, just stick it out. Focus for the next few days. Focus on getting a second closing. Don't worry about the closing that's coming up because that's going to cover your bills. But focus on getting another closing. She picked up six clients in that three-day period and changed her game forever. She was a rookie. She was the rookie of the year. Oh, nice. At the, at the party. She was our rookie nice. of the year. You know, and this year she's blowing up. She's got 35 transactions this year. Ready wow. going. That's so, crazy. you know, it, it's just and we're sticking in January, it out. Or February now. Yeah, February as yeah. of today. So. <laughs> that's crazy. It's crazy. Um, yeah, so... My last question is, uh, yeah, like where, where can people find you? Um, and, and what are you looking for? Like if, if I'm in the audience, what can I bring you in terms of value? What are you looking for? Um, just people that want to want to be dedicated to growing themselves. I want people that are um, not looking at me as a broker, but looking at me as a mentor to guide them to what they want. So like 
when you come to me, don't talk about my dreams, let's talk about yours. That's how I am. You come in and one of the first things I always ask is how, how can I help? Like what is it that you wanna do? And let's see if I can get you there. But you gotta be willing to work. Um, I believe you too, man. Like, that, you know, I, I think a lot of people say that, but like, I don't know about you, Aiden. But to like, mean like, it. Yeah, like, thing, yeah, I really feel it when you say that. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, like just full, full like transparency. I really do. I, I love that Appreciate about that. you, man. 100%. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we work together. We, we've, done, we've done a deal and, and you know, hopefully we, you should send me some more stuff. <laughs> so, you know, because I, I, I need it. Um, and uh, yeah, we, uh, we definitely... Our team is family focused first. Like literally, if we have a team member um, going through it, we we figure out a way to help that team member. You know, like th this particular gentleman. You know, the whole team's like rally him on. You know, some people have helped him financially. You know, they've they we're here for each other, and I think that's one of the blessings that we have that everybody feels like they're family so they can tell each other what's going on it's very rare you work in a job environment where you could tell somebody look man i don't even know where i'm gonna get my mortgage this month and somebody says check your bank account you got the money and then all of a sudden the money just appears there and they're happy and they can do what they need to do and at least work because that's the thing i i've been there i've been there i had a when i left the company that i was working for i had twenty four thousand dollars worth of commissions and I wasn't able to talk about it then, but I could talk about it now because it was a lawsuit in place. Um, and uh, I never got paid that money. And I literally had to decide whether I wanted to quit real estate or, or move on to, uh, you know, quit real estate or, or, or make it work. And I had to get a job at night delivering newspapers out of all things. So that way during the day I would work. So one of the things I don't have is I, I'm very sympathetic but, and I have empathy, but I don't like excuses because when I was working at that time, I was working, so my schedule Monday through Saturday was, um, I would wake up at two in the morning, go deliver newspapers, get home at six, take a shower, uh, between seven, have my breakfast, run to the office, be at the office from eight in the morning all the way to eight o'clock at night, go home, eat dinner, right? Go to, uh, go to bed, wake up at two again, and do that Monday through Saturday. Sunday was the only day that I didn't come into the office. But Monday through Saturday, I was trying to get a deal. I was trying to get a deal. And the funny thing is I was driving a 2002 Honda Civic and um, I had bought it brand new. So I've had it, I had it for 12 years. And I ended up, um, I ended up trading it in. And when I went to trade it in for, for the car that I ended up buying, which was a Sonata at the time, I went to you know take everything out of the car and I go in the glove and I still had checks from my Orlando Sentinel that I hadn't cashed in there oh. because I was already living off my real estate income. Nice. didn't even wow. realize it so <laughs> there you go i would get the check on friday just throw it in there and i had no reason to go to the bank because you know when you work in real estate they just wire you the funds right to your account so you know so they just sat there i never i mean i cashed them after you know once i i left there but i had like three or four checks there that i just <laughs> totally forgot about <laughs> yeah totally forgot about i mean they were 300 dollars checks so that's awesome yeah you know yeah so um where can people find you well, I mean, our, we have our website, which is the executivegroupfl.com. Um, you can find me there. Um, if you want to call our office or our team, uh, the phone number is 407-900-5003. And if you want to call me direct, if you want to talk about, you know, how I can help, 407-288-7384 um, is my personal number. My you can call me anytime. And JB has my number. He knows that's yeah. my number. You can call me anytime. Um, I try to pick up for the most part. But if you text me, I'll try to respond as quick as I can. So. Awesome, man.
thank you so much for having me yeah bro thank, thank you, you so much, much thank you awesome awesome, awesome episode, episode. Yeah. thank really you so much guys jb dropping blue gems ag dropping blue gems new podcast baby tune in we in this thing dropping blue gems <laughs> <laughs>